Katie Books Productions presents Lenny Gray, an audio drama written, produced, and narrated by Earl Sewell. Previously on Lenny Gray. Lenny Gray slowly lowered herself to her knees, threaded her fingers together, and dropped her head between their shoulders and begged, Please, Mr. Bettis, in the name of the Lord, let Tangie May go. In that instance, Lenny Gray heard a bone-crushing thud, and Tangie May was silenced. Lenny Gray screamed out and rushed toward the car, but the sheriff clubbed her with his nightstick and knocked her unconscious. Then, it started raining. It was eight months ago when Lenny Gray saw John, the one-armed gravedigger, roll past her shanty with an empty coffin and shovel in the back of his wagon. At the time, she had not seen Tangie May and feared that John had her on his wagon. Covering her head with a scarf, she ran out into the pouring rain to ask him, Who you got in that wagon, John? Lenny Gray asked before he passed completely by. John was wearing a black hat that had small streams of water cascading off of its brim. Even in the relentless rain, his dark eyes, that were like red-hot kindling, could not be snuffed out. Nobody yet. Sheriff told me I could find a body down by the river. He said it looks like somebody drowned, and he wants me to pick it up before it washes upstream. When John finished speaking, Lenny Gray heard the oddest voice in her mind. It said, Go! and Lenny Gray felt as if someone had placed their hand at the center of her back and nudged her forward. I'm going with you, she whispered before climbing aboard. Fine by me. John made a clicking sound and his mule obeyed. When John and Lenny Gray arrived at the river, they walked along its bank looking for a person. Lenny Gray spotted Tangie Mae first. Her dress was pulled above her hips her undergarments were in the mud beside her, and her skin was pale from being exposed. Lenny Gray cried out as she hurriedly moved towards Tangie May's body. She had hoped she had found her in time enough to save her life before John buried her unnecessarily. Tangie May was beaten so badly that her head was permanently misshapen. She had also suffered a stroke that left one side of her body paralyzed and her lips twisted toward her right ear. Her right leg drugged the ground behind her, 
as if it were some useless body part. As a result of the rape, Tanjime was also eight months pregnant. Tanjime's virtue and well-being were stolen from her, and as a result of it, she fell into a mental darkness where no light could shine through. She would not comb her hair. She tore out her eyelashes with her fingernails and used the bathroom on herself and refused to bathe. Tanji May now resided in the shanty adjacent to Lenny Gray and Curly and said numerous times that she did not want to give birth to the evil growing inside of her. No matter how hard she tried, her mind and emotions could not create space to love a child that she considered to be wicked. Tanji May loathed its existence inside of her and believed that if born, the child would develop unnatural powers and set everything on earth ablaze. Lenny Gray hoped that as the baby got older, Tanjime's heart would change, but that would take nothing short of a miracle from God. Tanji? Lenny Gray called out her name before entering Tanji's shanty. It was April, and it was still raining heavily. The bricks that Tanjime's shanty were on weren't high enough to keep water from seeping through the floor. Lenny Gray removed a towel that was hanging on a nearby nail to dry herself. After hanging the towel back on the nail, she stepped through small puddles of water towards Tanji May. I'm sorry for tracking mud in here, Tanji. The ground outside is so full of water that when I step, my foot sinks into the ground and gets stuck. Tanji did not respond. Making sure her hands were dry, Lenny Gray pulled out a letter she hoped would have the ability to tug Tanji out of the dark place her mind was in. Tanji? I got a letter here. Lenny Gray held up the envelope. Tanji was sitting in a chair, glaring out the window at the relentless rain. It's from New York. I got it from Miss Lucy. Tanji turned her attention toward Lenny Gray and focused on the letter. Don't matter. Tanji's eyes were low and filled with despair. Just don't matter. She said again not bothering to catch the saliva, spooling out of her mouth and onto her dune of motherhood. Don't you want to know what it say? Lenny Gray asked. Tanji responded by allowing tears to spill over from her eyes. Lenny Gray moved closer and placed her hand on Tanji May's shoulder. You know I can't read so good, but I'll try. Once the letter was open, Lenny Gray unfolded it. It's from Duke. Lenny Gray said, recognizing the spelling of his name. I see the words, not dead, and the word alive. Showing excitement, Lenny Gray said, I think he's saying he's alive, Tangie. Lenny kept searching for words she recognized. Harlem? Tangie, I think he wants you to come up to Harlem. Ain't that great, Tangie? Here, look at it to make sure it's saying what I think it's saying. Turning her head away from the letter, Tanjime said, Won't be no place after a while. Been raining longer than 40 days and nights. God heard me. Tanji, you're not making any sense. You should read this letter. 
Lenny Gray extended her arm, trying to force Tangi to take the letter. As she did, the roof of Tangi's shanty began to leak heavily and wet the letter. Lenny Gray quickly pulled it out of the stream of water. Neither woman said anything. The only sound between them was the persistent dripping of water leaking in from the roof and splashing in puddles on the floor. The people of Tallahatchie County had never witnessed or experienced anything remotely close to the amount of rain that the heavens released. The sky became pregnant with grief in August of 1926, on the day Tangy May was taken and assaulted. On that day, the sky released an onslaught of water that had not stopped for eight straight months. The heavy rains turned the ground into something softer than billowy clouds. Tangy May saw it as a sign from the Lord. He was mad about what had happened to her. He was mad that Satan's darkness had attacked his faithful servant and planted an evil seed. God, in an act of vengeance, was once again going to destroy the planet and start over. It was during the night when the river got angry and started swallowing the earth. People exited their shanties when they heard and felt the ground roaring and trembling. Trees had been uprooted, cars from the white section of town were floating, and shanties slid off of their foundations and ran with the flow of water. Lenny Gray exited her shanty and moved as quickly as she could through the pouring rain to Tangy May's place. Before walking in, she noticed that one side of Tangy May's shanty had slid off of its foundation and was on the ground. Lenny Gray hurried inside with her lantern held up so that she could see. She found Tangy May on the floor of her shanty. Tangy's image struck a hard, jagged shadow against the fallen wall. Water and mud were oozing through the open spaces between the floor and wall, but Tangy didn't seem to care that she was in danger. Tangy, we got to go! Lenny Gray approached Tangy, who smelled like a mixture of urine and mud. Whoa, Tangy spoke slowly like molasses as saliva spooled unobstructed out of her mouth. A flood coming, Tangy! We got to leave! We might drown! A low, dark laugh passed through Tangy May's lip that made Lenny Gray nervous. Tangy, come on! I don't want nothing to happen to you! Lenny Gray moved towards her. Too late. Nothing you can do for me. I ain't going. God can, Tangy. Lenny Gray noticed that Tangy May's eyes were darting from right to left. It was as if she was trying to figure out something inside of her mind. Tangy, come on. Curly say we got to go. The river's gonna get here quick and flood everything. Tangy, look. Water's pouring in here. None of us know how to swim, Tangy. You're gonna die if you don't come along. God answering me, Lenny. He answering me in only a way that God can. What are you talking about, Tangy? He flooded the earth for me. I prayed about this. 
I told him he need to kill man folks so they don't hurt each other no more. Just for me, Lenny. God doing it just for me because I'm his favorite. He's killing everybody the way I asked him to. Tangy put her index fingers to her lips. God walking the earth with a heavy heel. Can you hear him? Can you feel him? He coming, Lenny. And I'm going to wait for him. Oh, Tangy, you ain't talking right. That noise you hear is the river coming. Uh, Lenny, c- c- come on here. Curly shouted inside the shanty from where he was waiting with their children, whom he had put on a wagon. The river done hit the damn field. Can't y'all hear it roaring? Lenny Gray reached for Tangy and tried to force her to come. Leave me alone, Lenny. But Tangy, I ain't going, Lenny. You and Curly need to stay here with me and meet the Lord together. What's that you say, Lord? Tangy Mae looked upward. Yes, Lord, I hear you. Thank you for answering me. Tangy! Lenny Gray placed her hands on her shoulders and shook her. Uh, 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 come on, Lenny! Curly and John the one-armed grave digger stepped inside the slanted and water-filled shanty that was making groaning and snapping sounds. What are you doing here? Lenny Gray asked John. Dead bodies floating in the water. A lot of coffins then come out of the grave. I was checking to see if any were in here. I gotta catch them so I can put them back, said John. A cemetery dead type of silence surrounded them when John said that. It was as if all sound in the world had vanished. Then, when he turned and walked out into the driving rain, sound came back. Lenny, come on! The wagon wheels have got stuck twice. We got to leave. Tangy, please come with me. I'm begging you. I can't make it in this life without you. Unwilling to wait any longer, Curly moved in and pulled Lenny Gray out of Tangy May's shanty. Lenny Gray reached and screamed for her, but Curly had pulled her outside. Once there, Curly tried to get the mule to move, but it was too late. The wagon wheels were partially submerged in the water and stuck. The children, Mary, Willie, and Bud were crying and the water was rising rapidly. It was up to Curly's knees. We got to run for it, Lenny! Curly shouted out. He helped Mary, who was eight years old, get down. Fearful for her life, she wrapped her arms around Curly's legs. Next, he helped his seven-year-old son Willie out of the wagon and set him down beside him. He could see that the water was well past Willie's hips. As Curly turned to get his youngest son, Bud, who was six years old, he heard a little voice shout out, Daddy! The water had swept Willie off of his feet and pushed him forward and into the darkness. Curly! Lenny Gray shrieked, The water that took Willie! Lenny Gray started to run after her baby, but lost her footing and fell forward on her hands and knees. She felt her hands being sucked into the earth It was as if the land beneath her had come alive like sand. Not liking the feeling of being swallowed alive, Lenny Gray yanked her hands out of the ground and quickly got to her feet. That's when she noticed her feet were also sinking too. Come on, Lenny! 
Curly howled as he hoisted Bud up onto his shoulders. Hold on tight, boy! You hear me? Bud filled his tiny hands with two fistfuls of Curly's hair. Turning to face Lenny Gray, Curly grabbed her by her wrist and pulled her forward. Lenny Gray's feet came out of her shoes, but she didn't care. Mary, hold on to your mama's hand! Curly yelled out loud enough for her to hear against the sound of the raging water. Mary complied and let go of Curly's leg and held on to her mother's hands. Daddy! Willie's voice gurgled out from just above the surface of the water. Uh, hold on, boy, I'm coming! Curly cried out before high-stepping it through the water, which was now at his thighs. Curly worked hard to push forward through the water. He had to dodge floating slats of wood, large tree branches, as well as dead squirrels, mice, and raccoons. Willie! Curly yelled out his son's name but got no answer. Willie! Lenny Gray shrieked out his name but still got no answer. Curly picked up his pace. Please don't let the water take my baby. Lenny Gray's heart thundered inside her chest. Curly was now several yards ahead of Lenny Gray and pushing harder to catch up with his son. At that moment, lightning cracked across the dark sky and Curly saw John, the one-armed gravedigger, just ahead. John, do you see my boy? Curly called out to him. When Curly reached John, he was standing still and had Willie in a fireman's carry. Then it happened again. All sound vanished. There was absolute quiet, but Curly could see and hear John perfectly. Water was cascading off of John's black hat and his eyes were as red as always. Placing Willie in Curly's arms, John said, I got him. Pulled him out of the water. Ain't his time just yet. Thank you. Leaning forward, John, the one-armed grave digger, purposely spoke in Curly's ear. Your boy was born in the sixth month on the sixth day at 6 p.m. Under a full moon that was blood red. It's a bad sign and means many things, but mostly he's gonna spend a lot of time going through hell. Confused and angered by what John said, Curly took a few steps back from him. Curly wanted to hit the man, but he couldn't because Willie was in his arms and he had Bud on his shoulders, pulling his hair and holding on for dear life. John's words were like an affection, swirling around in Curly's head, and he couldn't get them out. John's voice seemed to be hitting every corner of Curly's mind. Yelling out loud, Curly asked, uh, What did you just say to me? He blinked his eyes several times so that he could see John, but he was gone. Then, it was as if his ears became unclogged because he heard sound again. You got him, Curly? Lenny Gray asked, rushing up to him. John's voice disappeared out of Curly's mind. Speaking sluggishly and clumsily, Curly said, Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I got him.
This is Earl Sewell, creator, narrator, and producer of the podcast, Lenny Gray. Welcome to season four of the show, guys. Many of you have subscribed to the podcast because you love listening in. Well, this season, I'd like to give you an opportunity to become a supporter of the show by donating whatever you can. Your contribution will help pay for equipment and production costs. Also, anyone who donates to the podcast, I'll make sure that other listeners are made aware of your generous support. Donate any amount that you can via PayPal, www.paypal.com, and send it to earlsewell at yahoo.com. That's E-A-R-L-S-E-W-E-L-L at yahoo.com. Until next time, from my mouth to your ears, thank you so very much for tuning in and listening to the show.